You're listening to the Trinity Ministries podcast. For more information and to support our ministry, go to www.trinityhudson.org. Because we're just swimming in a sea of identity politics, and it's getting really, really tiring. It's getting crazy. And so we're living in a place where everybody gets categorized, including you, and you're feeling compelled act out of the silly label that people slap on you. And amidst all this delusional rage and insanity, praise be to God that by the Holy Spirit He has called you here to hear a word from on high. Not from the chattering insanity out there, but a word from on high, a revealed word through the Scriptures. A word that you can trust. A word that does what it says, and what it says about you is that you are forgiven, you are saved, you are made whole, you are adopted into the family of God, you are children of the Heavenly Father, which makes us brothers and sisters to each other and brothers and sisters to Jesus, and every one of us are heirs of eternal life. That's a different word, isn't it, than the word out there. Hallelujah that you are here to hear that word. May you bask in it. Be comforted in it. Empowered in it. You are in Christ. That's who you are. And so we've been paying attention to how that gets lived out in the day-to-day living. In the church, we live with Christ, having been in Christ. Living in Christ in the home, we live under Christ. In the workplace, we live for Christ. And today, living in our community, which is our focus, we live unto Christ. And this comes from Matthew chapter 25, where Jesus explains the, 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 the last day where the, the separating of the sheep and the goats, the sheep and the goats. And, and, and he welcomes these people who had welcomed him. When, Lord, when did we welcome you? I don't understand. He says, whenever you did it to the least of these, you know, the, the sick, the imprisoned, the hungry, you fed them, you visited them, you clothed them. Whenever you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. Living in Christ, we get to live unto Christ. We actually get to live and do it to Christ. This is amazing. What a way to wake up every day. We get to live to Christ. This is beautiful. I'd like us to pay attention particularly to our heart, to our eyes, and to our shoulders what this good news does to these things. So our heart, having been justified by God's grace through faith alone in Christ, that is the, the tagline of the Reformation, by the way. That, that's this gospel in a nutshell, if you will. And today, the vast majority of Lutheran churches across the globe are celebrating the Reformation and the gospel. You are justified. You are declared innocent before God, and it's by God's grace alone. Even the faith that believes that is a gift from God. It's all God. 
living in Christ then, how should we approach the world? We're very eager, very eager to now to forgive others as we've been forgiven. We're very eager to love others as we've been loved, as God has served us. We're so eager to serve. So our heart gets warmed and changed, given eager energy as we live in the gospel. And it becomes more and more humble. Because we recognize it's only by the grace of God that we stand in relation to our Heavenly Father through Jesus. It is nothing that we've ever done. And so at the cross of Christ, every one of us are equal, including all of them. You know those categories of people? It's so easy for us to adopt some sort of self-righteous attitude towards these groups of people. Even if we kind of come to these, these people with kind intentions, kindness, hope, we're still standing, if you will, a little bit above them in a superior place. We start looking just like the rest of the world in its self-righteousness and its moralisms. A people who have been justified freely by the grace of God, who stand equally at the foot of the cross, will always have a humble, a humble, a humble approach to every person they see, and they will not stand as self-righteous superiors. In other words, you and I have a lifelong project, don't we? We've got to constantly crucify this thing in our heart where we're standing ourselves above others. So we get to live in the world, a heart transformed, desiring to be eager, responding to God's grace by wanting to love our neighbor, but to do it in a humble way, not a self-righteous, superior way, but an equal way. May God, the Holy Spirit, cause such daily repentance in you that you can have that heart that looks more and more like Jesus. Our eyes We get to see Jesus everywhere. This is like waking up to a sunset or a sun, a, a sun, waking up to a sunset if you're a morning person, which I'm not, as you can tell, or, or, a, or a sunrise. I mean, in every human face, there's the beauty of God. What a beautiful way to see. And this is, again, so different than the rest of the world where the world trains us, and this is how we see things. It trains us to see black versus white, male versus female, straight versus gay, rich versus poor, alien or illegal versus legal. Name ten more categories. They seem to be getting invented every day. This is how we see the world. This is how the world makes us see the world. God's inviting us to take his mind upon himself. Let us see it as he sees it. For from Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ, to Jesus Christ is all things. Jesus is the beginning and the end, including upon every human face. This whole world is redeemed by his love and his blood. Upon every human neighbor you see, you can see Jesus. He is everywhere. That's why your praise songs are talking about all the breath of my lung. Even the breath of my lung is given to God. Everything is Jesus's. Even the human faces we see, our neighbors. Is this not a beautiful way to see the world?
not to see it in categories, but to just to see Jesus and his complete redemption on everybody. May you have eyes to see that. May the Holy Spirit change your mind, your eyes, to see not categories of people, but people redeemed and loved by Jesus, people he actually lives in and claims. Your shoulders. Our shoulders can get kind of tired serving the world. In fact, slumping shoulders are an indication sometimes of despair. And sometimes we can be tempted towards despair. Especially when you look all around and you see people who don't know Jesus Christ. They don't know Him as the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Sally and I and my family, about five years ago, we got to serve in Guinea, Africa uh, for more than a week at a medical mission clinic with Jack and Kathy Carlos. 99.9% Muslim. Pretty easy to despair. Until I read Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And I was there reading his book, Life Together, which is a great book. And in it he described, and I was going to bring the quote to you, but it's a pretty cerebral quote, and I think it would kill whatever momentum the sermon might have at this point. But let me just explain it to you. Um, I need two volunteers. I'm just going to have you stand. Come forward, please. And one more person. Thanks a lot. Okay. What's your name? Alyssa. Alyssa? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're going to pretend that you're not a Christian and that your life is kind of messed up a little bit. Let's just call it an addiction that's happening, okay? Okay. I'm a Christian. I'm her friend. (laughs) What's the name again? Andrew. Andrew Andrew. and Alyssa. Alyssa. Okay. I'm going to love on Alyssa. (laughs) My goal is to get her into the kingdom of God. I want her to really, really know Jesus. And I'm going to be nice to her because, you see, she's had a bad experience with Christians and she thinks Christians are hateful. And at our last church, they didn't like the past. They all left in a huff that happened 10 years ago. I'm going to get her into my church. I'm going to show her that Christians are really great and that my church is really great. I want her to come to Jesus. And I'm going to walk with her through thick and thin and we're going to beat this addiction and we are going to make a redeemed and complete life out of you. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer would say, that's not our task. None of us have direct power over a person's soul. Instead, could you come here? Andrew, you are now Jesus. (laughs) Instead, between every person stands Jesus. Jesus is the only one who has direct power over anyone's soul. None of us have direct power over anyone. We can't make people our projects. We can't manage their lives. Our very, very simple task is to love people, serve and pray for them. That's all we can do. All the hard work is going to be Jesus's. But still, I do it to Alyssa, but I'm doing it through Jesus Actually, when I'm doing it to Alyssa, I'm actually doing it to Jesus. Jesus stands in front of me. He's kind of looking at me through the face of Alyssa. In other words, I don't bring Jesus anywhere. Jesus is already there in the neighbor. I just now get to serve my neighbor. I get to do it in the name of Jesus, through Jesus, even to Jesus. Is this not a liberating way to look at things? 
Suddenly my shoulders don't have to be despairing because things aren't working on my timetable. This Alyssa's Jesus' issue. I just get to love Alyssa. Very simple living. Thanks, guys. One more way our shoulders might slump a bit is when we begin to believe the world's lies about who we are. Your opening praise song, There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. Well, there's nothing that can steal your joy more than listening to how the world sees the church. And I'm going to admonish you, and in such admonish, I hope, encourage you too. I hear myself saying it as well. I think we're all in this thing together. But it goes something like this, this big lie, this anxious panic we all have as a church. It goes something like this. Oh, the world thinks we're just full of hate. We've got to be a more loving people. Do you know the reputation of our church out there in the world? What's going on with us? Why aren't people coming to worship? What's going on? We've got to change ourselves. Do you know that people think we're haters? We've got to be more loving. We've got to do something. The reputation of the church is bad. Stop listening. Stop believing that. Did you not hear that Jesus said, they hate me, they'll hate you? Paul said concerning the church that you are the very aroma of Christ. Wow, that's a cool word. You are the aroma of Christ. For some, it's like a beautiful perfume. And for some, it's like stink. The stink of death, Paul says. Just because they're smelling you and they're squeezing their nose doesn't mean that you actually smell that way. Just because they think you're hateful doesn't mean you are. That's the world's propaganda and it's the delusion of Satan that has managed to get quite prosperous out there. It's really his, his casting of that lie has really taken root. We can't buy into it and let our shoulders sag underneath it. In fact, maybe the very fact that the world doesn't understand us means we might be doing something right. So just love the world. Love your neighbor. I tested this theory on my daughter Meredith, who was uh, in high school at the time when Oberfell went down. It was a whole gay marriage issue. And she talked to me. She said, Dad... Um, I know our biblical, our, I know our church's stance, the biblical stance on gay marriage. But do you know what they're saying about Christians? Do you know what they're saying about the church? I'm really worried about how the church is going to survive this. She was really struggling with that whole idea of being in the world and not of the world, and didn't quite know where her loyalties really leaned. She's feeling kind of embarrassed, quite frankly, to be a member of the church. And I went on my gut on this one. I went out on a branch, but I just knew the body of Christ. I didn't know the people in her school. I just assumed there were some Baptists and Lutherans and Evangelicals and Presbyterians and Catholics. They were the body of Christ. I've been in ministry 25 years enough to know the body of Christ, no matter what the age. In my 25 years of ministry, I, don't, I can hardly remember any, if any, okay, a couple, where I was embarrassed about being a member of the body of Christ because of how my Christians were acting. 
So for the most part, I've always been encouraged. And I recognize we're all broken sinners. We don't do it perfectly at all. Giving a little bit of grace to all of us. I've always been proud of the church. So I asked Meredith. I said, Meredith, think of your gay high school students at your school. Now, of those friends that are friends to these gay students, my guess is that there are almost all church-going Christians. And she pondered that one, gave it a good thought, and she said, Dad, you're right. All the gays in her high school were befriended by the church-going Christians. Now this is Topeka, Kansas, which is famous for Westboro Baptist Church. If that rings any bell, and if it doesn't ring any bell, don't worry about it. I'm glad it doesn't. But if you do, it's about, as most, it's about the most anti-gay thing you can be. That was half a block away from our church. Topeka's famous for this. The real Christians were loving their neighbor who happened to be gay. They weren't seeing gay and straight and black and white and rich and poor and legal and illegal and, and all these other categories. They were seeing a neighbor and they were doing it in the name of Jesus. And I was one more time proud of the church. That's what the church looks like eye to eye, street level. So don't buy this propaganda out there at 3,000 foot level where they're just swiping across the church labeling us. Lift up your shoulders. Be proud. The work is God's. It's not yours. You are the aroma of Christ. You might be hated for it. Have eyes that see not categories of people, but Jesus, and have a heart that is so eager to serve, but always approaches this service with humility, not in any way self-righteous or superior to anybody. Every one of us stand equally at the foot of the cross, and we've all been saved. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Please stand for prayer. Dear God, across your whole globe, uh, so many people who call you Lord in different languages and in different cultures and different dress and different worship styles, we're all one body, the Holy Christian Church. We've been called to be marked by love. By your Holy Spirit, enable every one of us in this room and across the globe to love our neighbor, to do it in Jesus and unto Jesus. Crucify in us any sort of superiority that we hold over and against others. And save us, Lord, from discouragement. Remind us our task is simple, to serve and to pray and to love. Help us, God, to do it in your name. Lord, we pray for healing upon Shara Lindstrom Jana Neal's Frederick's daughter. And we need absolutely, God, a miracle. Be glorified in such a miracle. 
we pray for peace upon Dale Hounschild, whose mother, Stella, passed away. Give him the comfort that should rightly spring from the promise of resurrection. We ask your blessing, O God, on Concordia Academy, that that Lutheran high school uh, may boldly teach and uh, model Christian living and faith, that a whole generation of leaders and may spring forth. Teach them, Lord, uh, all these students to be responsible citizens in, in, the, in the church and in the world for your glory. All this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.